Lord, thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, you said of your word, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray for a two-edged sword to be released from this pulpit. Lord, into hearts. Lord, you say about this word that it penetrates the heart, Lord. Dividing soul and spirit. Lord, go into that realm of our souls and our spirits with your word. May we receive it as, as, as you send it and as you purpose it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we've been doing... Jenny brought the word last week. It was, it was Women's Mother's Day, sorry. Mother's Day. <laughs> Although we thanked uh, a lot of folks. It was Mother's Day. Women's Day is coming. Uh, and Jen brought the word. But before that, I was looking at Peter. And I actually want to carry on with Peter. I have so much respect. I've been reading Peter's first letter uh, just over and over in the last couple of weeks. And I respect Peter so much for what he said. He walked with Jesus for three years uh, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, he was the man who got up and spoke under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and said, this is what God is doing. This letter was written 30 years later. So he's been walking by the Spirit of Christ and he's speaking to five churches in, in, in what would be known as modern day Turkey and he writes this letter to them. And I want to say a couple of things about this first letter of Peter. Firstly, if we, go to, if we go to my notes, there are no commandments in the first 12 verses of this letter. Not a single commandment. No demands or requirements or directions. What Peter is doing here is not telling us what to do, but telling us what to enjoy. Oh, I like that. You can kind of tell I underlined that I emboldened. He's telling us what to enjoy, not what to do. Folks, the doing flows out of the stuff that we meant to enjoy, okay? He's not exhorting us. He is exalting. I love it. And that's John Piper. I love what John Piper was teaching about this. So on my next slide, so, uh, just giving you a summary. So remember, we did in the first session, we looked at the first two verses of 1 Peter, and which was the introduction we spoke about, we are called. And hence, remember, Quena was speaking about calling. Folks, that is so significant. Even last week, I hope you heard what Jenny was sharing. It's so significant that you know that God called you way back before time be began. He set his eyes on you and he's called you. You are not an accident. It's so important. But then we also looked at this amazing inheritance, the secure inheritance, which is kept in heaven for us. Amen. And we unpacked that two weeks ago. But this is, this is a lovely summary of where we've been and where we're going. We know what God has done in the past, chosen us, given us new life, and we know what God is going to do in the future to give us our secure inheritance. But what about now? What about the time between our new birth and receiving our eternal inheritance? What about the pressures, stresses, frustrations, suffering, confusion, fears, attacks, temptations, insecurity, weariness, persecution, and traps that we face right now? Does God do anything about that? Okay, that's to provoke you. Can you feel like you a holy provocation in your soul? It's like, come on God, you must say something about now. Let's look at this. And I was, I, was, I was full of faith. The first time we did two verses, last time we did three verses, I was like, this week we're doing four verses. But after preparing, we're doing one verse this week. Okay, <laughs> It's too much. There's too much in this verse, and I'll unpack it. One verse today, okay? 1 Peter 1 verse 5. Through our faith, 
the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us. I've underlined that word guards us, and that's where we're going to dig. Okay, have you got, did you bring your spade to church? Okay, spade, you got, if you, some of you got picks, okay, to dig in the word of God. Folks, this is powerful, and I have been surprised. I was surprised. I thought, okay, that's an important point. Let's look at it. I've been surprised at where the Lord took me in my preparation for you this morning. So we're going to unpack this more. So firstly... I want to say about this verse, and so just commentary about this. To have been told, as in the preceding verse, that our inheritance was reserved in heaven, could have yielded us little comfort, unless that assurance had been followed and capped by this, that the heirs also are being kept for its full enjoyment. This, this concept of being guarded, of being protected, of being, of, of, of being watched over, folks, it's important because that inheritance that he's keeping for you, he doesn't want you to miss out on your inheritance. So therefore, the power of God, your faith is unlocking power, the power of God in your life to protect you and keep you and guard you. And we're going to look at this word, garrison you for the inheritance that he has for you. Amen? What's the point? He's keeping inheritance in, in heaven for you, but then you kind of, you know, smash up, burn up. Wipe out, you know, etc. You don't get your inheritance. He's, he's keen for you to get this inheritance. So this concept of being guarded is what I want to unpack. And so this, this translation that I'm using here, use the word, he guards us. Okay? The power of God guards us. By faith, there's a guarding, a protecting. And that word I want to I wanna, uh, highlight is the word security on the next slide, Cynthia. Is the word security. And this word, I just want to say there are two dimensions to security. Just simply, we can divide it into external security and inner security. Okay? Now, external security, we're all very aware of. Okay? External security. There's a fence in front of our property. There are walls down the side. External security. The bottom there, we've got some razor mesh. Extra security. Okay? We've got a couple of locks on the front door. External security. We've got a, a, an alarm company. Okay? Uh, armed response company that guard our church. Can you believe it? I must say, years ago, I would have said, an alarm company, armed response for a church? Yeah, but, yeah, but, let's just leave it over there, okay? Yes, we do, and they do a good job, and uh, they, we get a couple of calls, and they do a couple of checks, let's say, on a monthly basis. Praise God, they've never, there's never been a security incident that they've had to intervene in. Praise God. We do trust God for divine protection, amen? But I'm also not going to let this Tootsies and Skabangas come and steal all our stuff, amen? So, so we do take these things. So you guys get external security. I want to submit to you that inner security is the God's zone that we mostly need God's protection. Do I need God's protection externally to protect our house at night from skabangers coming to try and harm us and steal our stuff? Do you need God's external protection? Absolutely. Amen. Folks, it's one of the things that I actually believe when we get to heaven, you know, you're going to get the, um, you know, the heavenly YouTube of your life. One of the things I believe we're going to see a lot is the God stuff that was happening around our lives on a daily basis that we didn't even know about. You know, I'm particularly aware of it when you're traveling in a vehicle on the roads of South Africa. Folks, 
I'm telling you that angels are working overtime on the roads of South Africa. <laughs> Tell you a story in Zimbabwe. It's not the roads of South Africa. Let's say Southern Africa. A couple of years ago, we went to a wedding. Um, it was Jen's cousin was getting married in Zimbabwe. And so we, we drove up and long story, we left uh, Tabazimbi where we were staying with Jen's cousin to go further north. We drove through Botswana, through Bulawayo, hometown of Zinzi. And we left 6 a.m. in South Africa, Tabazimbi. 8 p.m. that night we got to Bulawayo. Okay, so you're getting quite tired now. Okay, so now you've been traveling for 14 hours. We stopped at Chicken Inn. We had some chicken and we hit the road. So we left there probably 10 o'clock. We left Bulawayo to drive to Harare. Um, there are police roadblocks uh, before every town, after every town, and because we have South African number plates, they all want to chat, and, you know, have a cup of tea, be nice to us, you know. I mean, you know what it's like. Zimbabwean people know what it's like, okay? And uh, etc. at about 3, 4 a.m. We're coming close to Rory. Now, I've, ne I've never driven that road, uh, the road Bulawaya, Harari, and now it's nighttime. And I'm driving along, and there are these big traffic circles, and, and, and you're driving. But paint on the road, you know, hasn't recently been used. And the road signs are also kind of, so you just, you hope you're going in the right direction. And I'm driving along, and there are trucks coming along on the road we're driving, and they're all flashing at us. I think these oaks, 3 a.m. in the morning, they're very friendly, they're very nice. Driving along, and I notice there's, there's another road sort of next to us, people driving in the same direction. I'm thinking that's a bit weird. I'm driving along, and there's a rise, and a truck comes over the rise. And as the truck comes over the rise, there's another car coming at a hectic speed next to the truck, in my lane, like straight for me. Who was next to you? Was it you, Abs? Was it Heidi? We took turns, uh, the passengers took turns to keep the driver awake. So Heidi was with me. Folks, suddenly there's a truck in this lane and there's a car coming at high speed straight to me. I literally just screamed. I thought this was my lowest moment. I screamed, Heidi screamed, and the people at the back woke up thinking, what's going on? I, I literally just stopped the car and closed my eyes. I thought, this is it. The car rattled as the wind of the car drove past us. I don't know how that car got past us because we were in this lane. There was a truck in that lane. He was coming in our lane and he went past us. I don't know what the angels did there. I want to get the DVD, but I'm very glad the angels were, didn't, uh, you know, were on guard that night. I don't know how it happened. We found out that the couple of traffic circles and the single carriage highway goes into a dual carriage highway and we were riding on the wrong side of the highway in the wrong direction of traffic, coming to a rise with a truck on this side and a car on this side. I didn't know it. Road markings would help you to discern that you're on the wrong side of the highway, okay? The angel still protected us, even though I made a stupid mistake. I still don't know how it happened. One of the circles, I went wrong, and I went up the wrong side of the road. Folks, God's external protection is a reality. We are so often aware of times when the Tsotsi the accident happens. But how many times aren't the angels at night protecting your home? Aren't the God protecting externally, protecting us from physical harm? When we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed. We're going to be praising God for 10,000 years because of all the times we're seeing now in the Spirit, we're seeing the angels, we're seeing the Holy Spirit, we're seeing God working. He's a very real, 
God, to our life. The power of God. Faith unlocks the power of God to guard us externally. I want to emphasize it. I don't want to minimize it. That's a reality. But the, what about the inner security? What about the inner security? I was listening to what was shared up here with Zinzi. She used the word insecurity. Azure used the word insecurity. Folks, insecurity is when you are lacking inner security. We've just heard, I was like, I don't actually need to preach this sermon. Zinzi's testimony, Azure's testimony, they have just preached about how the power of God brings inner security. Folks, it's a reality. I wish I could say, come forward, we're going to lay hands on you, we're going to pray, and every ounce of insecurity is going to flee away from you. I wish I could say that, and we're going to pray for you. But folks, it's a journey. But the first thing is realizing, God, I need you in this area. So what I want to do, I want to unpack this area of inner security because it's the most important area that God is working in us daily to make us secure in who we are, in who He is, in what He's called us to be, in where He's called us to be, so many realms of inner security. And it says by faith, it comes by faith. Folks, faith is a weapon, is a destroyer of insecurity. It is a sledgehammer to nail insecurity. So this verse says, by faith, the power of God guards us, folks. But let's unpack it a little more. Inner security. I want to say this about inner security. It's the feeling of safety. Okay, if you have inner security. Okay, if you have inner security. You are secure now. The feeling of safety, confidence, and freedom from fears. <laughs> It's amazing how you can write something so powerful that takes so much, such a few words. That is huge what I've just written there, folks. The feeling of safety, confidence, and freedom from fears. I wish I could walk every day in just those three. It's a journey of walking with the Lord. And I need people to help me in this journey. The next point, not very shaken by major disturbances in their life. Folks, when you go through a storm, when you, something, boom, whatever happens, how shaken are you by, by life's disturbances or the storms of life? Somebody who's inner secure, those things happen, but they don't, they, they're not, of course. They don't, you know, bail out of, you know, everything, stop coming to church, etc. They stay on track. That's an inner secure person. Next point. They feel comfortable with being authentic and sharing thoughts and feelings with others. Folks, you know, there was a time in my life when I was in high school that I look back now and I was, I was very good at being insecure. Folks, I could have planted a t-shirt and said, I am one of the best at being insecure in this high school. How many of you, folks... Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. You probably could have had this t-shirt like this. I am the best at being insecure at my high school. And every second teenager could have. Apparently, I was doing research, teenagers suffer the most with insecurity. And therefore, it's not surprising that teenage suicide is so high. Folks, but God wants to deal with us. I don't know why we don't have more teenagers in church. You want to deal with your insecurity? 
you're not going to find it in some, you know, series on Netflix. It's not going to minister to your insecurity. You're going to do this comparison thing and she's got such a nice boyfriend and I don't have a boyfriend and you're all freaked out, okay? That somebody with inner security feels comfortable with being authentic, sharing their thoughts and feelings with others. But let's just look at a little definition on the next slide, what an insecure person looks like. Lacks confidence, on the next slide, lacks confidence in their own value and abilities. Lacks trust in others. That's so, the, the tragedy is that our insecurities causes us to withdraw from the very people that will provide and help us be more secure. Has many fears and anxieties of things going wrong or bad in the present and the future. If you're struggling with negative thoughts, folks, insecurity. God doesn't want us to walk like this, but this is the guarding. A major inner security. He wants to guard you against these crazy thoughts about what could go wrong or what could go bad right now in the future. We're not meant to live like that. An insecure person often withdraws socially, but may compensate through aggression, arrogance, and bullying. Wow! Do you know that bully on the playground that used to mess with you when you were in grade 10, 11, and 12? Did you ever realize that they are incredibly insecure? And they're trying to cover up their insecurity by being the bully, the loud mouth, pushing everybody else around? could probably mention some world leaders in the same category, couldn't we? But aggression, folks... Often a person who's being aggressive is just simply deeply insecure and they're trying their best to hide it. Next time you come across somebody like that, just have compassion on them. Amen? I know you want to club them, but just have compassion on them. Arrogance. It's, it's amazing how people try and hide their insecurities. Now, I want to put this for you. Folks, this next paragraph was actually in Wikipedia. I was like, I can't believe Wikipedia is preaching the gospel here. It says, it was talking about insecurity. This is not to be confused with humility, which involves recognizing one's shortcomings. Hey, we have shortcomings. I'm not good at everything. Amen. But still maintaining a healthy dose of self-confidence. I was like, wow, I like that. <laughs> I like that. There's a big difference between walking in humility and walking in insecurity. Only you would be able to discern in your own heart. Well, yes, we went to walk in hum humility. It's very different to walking in arrogance and pride and aggression and being a big fat bully. It's, the, it, it, it's opposite. But folks, we can walk in humility. Amen. Recognizing we have shortcomings but still maintaining a healthy dose of self-confidence. Amen? That's where we want to live. And folks, this is the verse. The verse, the verse says that by faith, the power of God guards us. Now, I want to unpack this guarding. So on the next slide, we've got the verse again. Through our faith, the mighty power of God. That's the passion, the mighty power of God. And I was just like, the mighty power of God is everything that God is. It is all Holy Spirit is to us in, in so many ways. Amen? We can't slice it and dice and don't want to. It's big, okay? It says mighty power of God. Constantly guards us. Folks, this isn't just a church. You're feeling, he's guarding me. 
But you walk into work, you know, and your boss says to you, hey, have you finished that report? And you're going, oh my goodness, God, where are you? Have you forsaken me? No, He's with you on Monday morning as well. Amen? Constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. Until the end. Until we receive our full inheritance. This guarding is constant. I want to walk there. I want to walk where the power of God is with me every day, every second, everywhere. With every bully I come into. With every situation I face. He is with me. Guarding me and protecting me. So this word God. What's so interesting. I looked at different translations. And firstly, different translations use different words for that word. Which was written in Greek originally by Peter. The word God is the word shield. Ha! I like shield because remember in Ephesians 6, Paul speaking about the armor of God said he describes the shield being faith. Amen? And it says there, through your faith, your faith brings the power of God into your life which is the shield that guards you and protects you. Amen? It's a shield. Some translations use the word protect. Some translations use the word keep. With the garrison, some translations used his, this power of God garrisons us. And I was like, garrison us? That's not a word you use to talk about protect until I dug a little bit. And I went and looked, what does this word mean? There's a word here that Peter used when he was writing this letter that translators say is God, shield, protect, keep, and even use the word garrison. Well, this is what it is. A garrison... I mean, it is a word. A garrison is a body of military troops stationed in a fortified place to prevent hostile attack or invasion. Okay? So think of a fort or a castle or a fortress. Okay? But don't just think of the fortress. Don't just think of the castle, the building, the big walls, the moat, you know, the physical building that is impenetrable to enemies. Think about all the soldiers in there. That is a garrison. A fortress without the soldiers can't be called a garrison. If you add the soldiers that are there to protect it, then it is a garrison. I didn't realize that. And so this is the word, this word that he's using in the, in, the, in the Greek, a good translation for that word is he garrisons your heart. That means that he doesn't just come like a castle to protect you. He also provides the the, the troops, the soldiers to actually protect you. Can you see the two different dimensions of this guarding, folks? That's what he is. When the bully on the playground is telling you, wada, 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 it's like, God, you're my protector. You're my fortress, and you also provide the soldiers. And I, I didn't bring the, I had the scripture, then I took it off. I thought I had too many scriptures. The scripture in 2 Kings, when Elisha is... Is they're in this village and Elisha's prophesying against the king of Aram the whole time. And every time the Aram, uh, the, the, the king goes there, uh, the, the, the Israelites have their soldiers there. And he's like, what's going on? And one of his advisors said, no, the prophet in Israel is telling them all your plans. So the king of Aram says, let's go get him. And he sends these troops to the village where, where Elisha is. And the, and the soldier, his servant, Elisha's servant, looks out the window and sees all these soldiers around. And he's freaking out and he comes to Elisha and he says, Oh Lord, talking to Elisha, what is going on here? Elisha prays and says, Oh, Elisha says, Those who are with us are more than those who are against us. The servant's going, What do you mean? It's you and me. One plus one is two. Can I just count all those soldiers on the hills around the town? How can you say who's with us is more than them? I mean, you, we too. 
And Elisha prays and he says, Lord, open his eyes. And the servant, and the Lord opens his eyes and he says, and he saw, the, he saw chariots of fire and horsemen all around. He saw the angels. Remember, that's exactly the description of how Elijah, his, his, his spiritual father, went to heaven, was in a chariot of fire. So suddenly he doesn't just see the, the, the soldiers of Aram. He sees chariots of fire all around him. And he's like, okay, okay, we'll be okay. And then Eli, Elisha prays to God. Amazing prayer. He says, Lord, strike them with blindness. All the soldiers suddenly struck with blindness. I was like, I haven't prayed that prayer yet. I'm not sure I will. But you know, when there's that bully on the playground and he's coming along, he's like, you know, Lord, <laughs> remember Elisha over here? <laughs> It'd be really nice if we could pull a stunt like that right now. So, a garrison, a body of military troops stationed in a fortified place to prevent hostile attack or invasion. So what does that mean? God means for his people. I should have done that with the capital letters. Did you, did you just notice that over there? Did you, did you just see that, those two words there? For God means for his people to be profoundly secure in him. Profoundly secure in him. Just remember the testimony you heard just before this from Zinzi. He wants us to know that God himself is doing everything that must be done to guarantee our final and eternal salvation. Folks, He's not just interested that you get phenomenal rewards when you get to heaven. He's interested that you get there victorious. Amen? That you walk in security. So on the next slide. God's power is the garrison in which we find our security. Let's go on. We are kept by the power of God. But it is through our faith that this protecting power of God is released. We are protected as we remain in a continual relationship of faith with God. This faith activates the preserving, protecting power of God. This faith activates the preserving, protecting power of God. And folks, I said to you at the beginning that, that faith is such a key dimension in this all. Faith, and it's remember, it's not faith in faith. Some people just think of faith as this awesome principle that really, faith is walking with God. Faith is walking in relationship with God. If we walk in this manner, folks, the power of God protects us, both externally from, from enemies, but most importantly, I want to say internally. And I want to say this about the, 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 the inner threats that we face. You know, if you think about this building, and I mentioned we've got an external perimeter fence and walls and razor mesh and landmines and etc. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But we have burglar bars on the windows. We have locks on the doors. We do our best. But we have church here on Sunday. And praise God it's never happened here. But our church in Cape Town was, was a big church we were sent from at N1 City. And we, we had some major problems, security problems. And I want to mention external, I want to bring it internal. The problem was that literally there were gangs. Now, you know, in the Cape, you have these gangs. There were gangs that were targeting our church. They came in and their mission was to steal handbags and cell phones wherever they could. 
And as a church, you know, it really, really can affect people's desire to come to church if they know. And we had to work, we, we basically had to do a, a major security operation in church to try and identify these gang members that were coming into church. Now, folks, do you know how hard that is? People are sitting there, and here we are having people who are coming into church. They're not coming to worship, but they're standing there and they're lifting their hands. And they're not interested in the word. They are standing there looking, oh, where's the cell phone? Where's the handbag? And then you do an altar call, and you call people to the front for prayer. And, you know, as my wife always does, she just puts her phone on the, on, on the chair if you notice me how often after church I'm picking up my wife's phone, put it in my pocket. It's so easy. You know, churches literally are soft targets. Now I'm talking about external. How about internal, folks? You know, the Bible says that we are led, often led astray by deceptive desires. There are things inside of us. Like we, we often score own goals by being deceived by desires. Okay, we were being deceived in Cape Town by gang members who were coming in pretending to be worshiping God, etc. And we had to be, we, had, we literally had to do serious work as, as, as pastors together with security staff to try and identify these gang members and actually deal with them. How about inner threats? The Bible speaks about a deceitful desire. You know, what a de deceit is something you don't see it coming. Folks, I want to say God wants to deal with those things as well. I want to submit to you that so often we are so aware of the threat coming from the, ins from the outside. But it's the stuff on the inside. Folks, God's word is a lamp unto our pathway. Not just to light out there, but to light up stuff inside of us that could cause us to cause an own, uh, score an own goal against us. Folks, we need to walk with God. We need to walk with God. He wants to protect us. And let's not just think it's always out there. Sometimes there's stuff inside of us. There are lies. There are wounds that cause us to literally hurt and, and, and harm ourselves. On the next slide, I've given you a summary. Overcoming insecurity. And when I said I was only doing one verse about God guarding us, can you see when I start, started looking at insecurity, I was like, this is rampant. I was so surprised. I didn't know Zinzi and Ajwa were going to highlight this. But insecurity is so rampant. And I'm under no illusions that just one quick prayer is going to sort you out. This is a journey of walking with God by faith in His power to protect you in every dimension, inside and out. I've listed on this slide how we do this relationship with God. Our relationship with God is based in a trusting relationship, folks, that's where it starts. I wish I could just pray for you for an amazing relationship with God. But you know it takes time. How's your history with God? I was listening to Craig Ruschel. He was, he was sharing about the reality that Daniel got into the lion's den and survived a night with lions. And he said this. He said... How come Daniel had faith that those lions wouldn't chow him for supper that night? Do you remember what got him into jail? He got uh, into the lion's den. He got into the lion's den because he was praying to his God three times a day. 
That's what got him into trouble. Folks, it was him constantly walking with God. It was his intimate relationship with God that caused him when he went into that lion's den, he's like, God, I know you with me. I know you my protector. I love you. I know you're going to protect me here. It was not just that morning's prayers that got him through that night. It was praying three times a day the day the day before. And three times a day the day before. And three times the day before. And the month before. And the year before. And the decade before. He had been consistently walking with God. Praying three times a day. So when he gets into that lion's den, it's not now an emergency prayer. You know, oh God save me. It's like, okay Lord, it's time for evening prayers. Okay? We got some lions who are joining the evening prayers today. That's so cool of you Lord. I didn't know lions could pray. But let's see how they do with evening prayers. It was just, okay, we're going to pray again. We're in a bit of, we're not in my room, okay? Folks, do you see that this, this reality, walking in faith and trusting God for His protection, is just so profound. Relationship with God. How do we overcome security, insecurity? Identity. Now again, did you hear that like three times? But just about everybody was mentioning this identity thing, folks. Identity is who are you really? Your Father in Heaven created you. Walk with Him and walk with people who can see who God has called you to be. Did you hear that aspect of Zinzi's testimony? People who see the greatness of God inside of you. The sad thing is insecurity causes you to draw away from the very people who can nail the insecurity. The insecurity is causing you not to come to church, not to come to prayer meetings, to stay far away from people, which is exactly what the enemy wants for you. To reinforce the insecurity in your life and my life. And folks, let me tell you, I told you, I have not just a t-shirt on the insecurity, I've got a whole wardrobe. And then sometimes in life we are walking and you think, you think you've nailed insecurity and then something happens in your life and suddenly it's like, oh my goodness, and we, are, and we struggle with it again. Next thing, boundaries. And I'm not going to speak about boundaries. We did a whole series last year. Folks, we have to walk in boundaries and get people to help us with boundaries. If we're going to overcome insecurity, we have to. All the dimensions that that speaks about Dealing with wounds and lies. <laughs> Folks, this is the inner stuff. Remember I told you about gang members coming to church? Wounds and lies. That's the stuff we carry with. Some of us are carrying wounds from 1973, but you haven't dealt with it, folks. That is a gangster inside of you who's wanting to steal your cell phone and your money, metaphorically speaking. We've got to deal with it. And lies. The enemy loves lies. We have extensive pastoral ministry in this church next slide including our Sosa ministry where we are focusing on deal with the gangsters inside our lives the gangsters of wounds and lies we've got to deal with them and then I want to say the last point is discipleship folks discipleship is walking with other people to get the truth in because what's the opposite of lies it's truth we need to walk in God's truth we need to walk with people connect groups that's why I put connect groups there we need to walk with people who can put truth into our lives that'll expose the darkness expose the lies build the foundations of security in our lives this is how God wants us to walk and I want us to go Cynthia I think it's the last slide in your section. This was Jenny's verse of the day that she shared to me this morning. I don't know how many of you do the, the Version Bible app. You know this verse. <coughs> Nahum 1 verse 7 to 8. 
the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in Him. Folks, my exhortation, if you're battling with insecurity, take refuge in Him. There are a thousand other places we try and take refuge. Think of all the addictions people get into. It's all trying to mostly take refuge from all the insecurities people are facing. Take refuge in Him. It says He knows those who take refuge in Him. And look what He says about the enemy. But with an overflowing flood, He will make a complete end of the adversaries. Folks, the enemy wants to remind you of all your insecurities. But this is what He said. And He will pursue His enemies into darkness. Folks, that's what God does when we take refuge in Him. He goes after the enemy. Will we take refuge in our God? Will we take refuge in our God? I want to pray for you. I I realize when we talk about insecurities, this is just so huge. But you know what I was thinking this morning is, oh, I'm so looking forward to exposing the enemy. I'm so, you know, I, I, I had this sense of, I see you. I see you. You know, it's like, you know, you kind of, my kids like to play a game that we played with as kids. It was called, in Afrikaans, Donker Kamerki, which is dark room, where you, you go in a bedroom at night and you put the lights off, close the curtain, and you hide, and then one person's got to find people in the dark. Now, I know some of you who don't like dark freak out at that idea, but anyway, my kids used to enjoy it. Do you know when, you, when you're kind of going around and maybe somebody's standing up against the curtain and the curtain is not quite, and then you kind of see the outline. It's like, I see you. I see and you can see who the height of the person. And it's like, Abby, I see you. You're standing by the curtain. I have the sense of that, that this word is exposing the enemy, saying, I see you. And, and that's the first step. Absolutely, we need to deal with it. You need to, whatever. And I've mentioned a number of things. But the first step is I see you. So, Lord, I pray for us. Lord, this truth is not difficult to to comprehend. But, Lord, walking it is just where we want to be, Lord. Walking it in it is where we want to be. So, Father, I thank you that this morning you you have exposed the work of gangsters in our lives, Lord. And we say, we see you. And God, you say in your word that with an overflowing flood, he will make a complete end of the adversaries. God, I pray for us that you would make a complete end to our adversaries. Lord, enemies from within and enemies from without. Inner enemies and external enemies. Lord, I pray that you will pursue our enemies into darkness. We say, enemy, go into darkness where you belong. That's where you came from. That's your end destiny. We say, get out of our lives. We're going to walk in the light. Lord, this faith unlocks the power of God in our life to guard us, to garrison us. Lord, I pray that we would run to you. We would run into the garrison of your power. We would come to you with our insecurities, God. And we would know you as a garrison, Lord. A fortress with many, many troops around to guard us, Lord. May we know 
reality of the angelic host. And Lord, right now, I pray and I assign angels, Lord, to your saints to garrison around them, Father. You are the fortress, Lord, and your angels will guard around us, God. We want to walk. This test me of Zinzi, Lord, is provoking some of us to say, we want to walk like that. And God, would you arrest us from running away from people who can bring life? Would you arrest us from running away from spaces that we can get free, be free? God, forgive us for running to those spaces. Forgive us. Lord, we turn to the spaces and places that will bring healing and wholeness to our lives. In Jesus' name. The people of God said, Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.